All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. Our guest today is Arno Ham. Arno is the Chief Product Officer of Santa Commerce. Santa helps manufacturers, distributors, and wholesalers succeed by fostering lasting relationships with customers who depend on them and making their SAFTER, Microsoft Dynamics, ERP, and e-commerce work as one. He studied computer science and has been a driven e-commerce manager for years for big retail accounts such as Heineken, Axo Noble, and Michelin. In his free time, Arno really enjoys maintaining the web shop for the band and music society he plays in. So Arno, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. I'm really excited. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you're doing. Yeah, so yeah, everything is with technology, right? I'm a nerd. I started computer science. I started working here at a company back in the days in Rotterdam, which was called ISM, which was an agency, digital agency, actually. And we were building a lot of web stores, websites back in the days, mostly for these big, big retailers. But at some point in time, we we came across that there were businesses with other needs. And these were the B2B companies, or we learned about B2B, and it was already more than 10, 15 years ago. And yeah, by doing so, by helping them, we realized, hey, how can we help B2B companies, manufacturing companies or wholesalers to do business online? Yeah, you need to do something in a different way. And we can talk more about that later today. But the fun thing is that actually that was the moment where Sana was born because we said, hey, guess what? Hey, you talked about in the intro about the long-lasting relationships that our customers want with their customers eh? in B2B. That's important. If you do, if you're shopping online as a consumer, you maybe just buy something that you where is the cheapest price or where you can get the quickest shipment. But in B2B, if you need to have supplies every day or multiple times a day, it needs to be when you have trustworthy partners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And to make that happen, to transform that, to put that from let's say all those business processes that are before let's say non-digital so by phone or by fax or by email to make the digital yeah, a lot of complexity is involved and yeah with sana when sana was born we were making that complexity easy by making erp and e-commerce work as one because in that erp uh, these systems that these companies are driving on i would say right where all your customers are your order details your transactions your inventory all that logic around it that makes you special. Yeah, you need to open that up to the world to make sure that you can automate things. Yeah, I think we are a key player here in what we call also a digital transformation, right? A lot of our customers, we have around 1,500 customers all over the world that are running SAP or Microsoft Dynamics as their ERP. We are helping them to, to create an, an e-commerce environment, B2B e-commerce environment that they can serve their customers with. And yeah, with B2B, it's just at the beginning, right? And not all companies are doing digital commerce yet. They're starting with it. Yeah, and we are right on that wave. Yeah, that, that was the short, shortest version I could get, give you, Lisa, but we could take it from here. And when you talk about back in the day where you had more of that personal connection, talking to people on the phone and maybe seeing them in person, mm-hmm. and now we're bringing in that whole element of technology and digitalization, 
how do you continue to work with your customers and keep that personal presence when everything is so technology-based? So you're not just another button on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. No, I love that question. Yeah, that's awesome. So there is what I said, there is a lot of complexity involved to make that relationship, let's say, more or less the same. But to give you a couple of examples or to to share maybe a couple of customer stories as well, the important thing is that if you are a B2B buyer, as we call it, so somebody that needs to purchase something to do their job. So let's say you are a gardener or you are a contractor and you need to do a job at some house. You need to have equipment for that building materials and so on. Uh, yeah, you could call or you could go to a store and get your supplies and you get that personal touch that you say, hey, yeah, you had this pricing. We have agreements about that. Yeah, you, we will, we will, you're a customer that is here every week. So we have these agreements. But if you go online, you want to have that same experience, right? That you want to give that discounts, for example, or this trade agreements. Uh, and you need to bring that online. And that is that example of that complexity that we are solving, but that it's so important. It sounds so stupid or so simple that you need to solve these kind of things. But to make that happen in the world of, yeah, of IT, that is really cl- complex. And that's what we are solving. So that's one. So it's about real-time pricing, real, real-time inventory, um, but also product information and the whole selection process. All of these things you need to have really transparent and also with whatever channel your B2B buyer is reaching you as a company, as a manufacturing company. So if it is over the phone or via the web store or or another or in the store itself, you want to have that same price, that same inventory levels, the same product description. Because otherwise, yeah, you get an, an, an issue, right? You get if the price is different online than from in the store, then you harm the relationship. Then you say, hey, what's going on here? If I if I want to place online order, the price is different. It's not, not what we agreed upon and that's harming the relation. So that's why we are all targeting that on that relationship. It should be as convenient as if somebody is just talking about it, but you need to translate that whole relationship into a digital world. And we are doing that by solving a lot of yeah these complex things and make them simple. And that's just one aspect of it. But yeah, we can also talk about, let's say, all the problems that manufacturing companies are struggling with. But I think this is where we see companies succeed is adoption of their digital platform is in this area, making sure that you supply total custom convenience, as we say it, the features that you can place these complex orders or in a simple way, every moment of the day, 24-7 per day, seven days a week, that you have reliability without any compromise which means it's real time, the inventory is accurate. So if it's not that you, if you're ordering something and then a salesperson or support person is calling you and saying, no, sorry, you just placed the order, but we do not have it in stock. Yeah, that's, that is a pain, of course. So we are solving that. And yeah, that you can, and if you're also placing order that is directly being processed by the company. So it's all, yeah, it's a whole process to bring that online. And we are helping our customers with that. And it's, it's a complex thing. But if you have done that, you, there are a lot of benefits as a manufacturing organization. And I think too, timing is such a crucial aspect of it because we expect that immediate gratification when we want to find something and Mm -hmm. get it online. And I think a lot of times the person who gets the order is the first one to respond to the request for quote. The first one that they reach that they can, like you said, to do it easy, to see Mm -hmm. what's in stock, to get the right pricing. 
and they place the order versus waiting for a couple days or even a couple hours for the sales rep to call them back and then go through the quote process and it's all that stuff. I think that, yeah, yeah, digitization has really sped that up and it's an expectation now. Correct. Especially yeah, on the newer generations, they are used to live on their phones, to do everything from there. So yeah, if you are not opening that channel for them, yeah, you will have a missed opportunity or you will, in the end, you will miss business and, and competition will take it for sure. So we talked about some of the good things that are going on. And then of course, in manufacturing, there's all kinds of issues, inventory management, supply chain. We saw a lot of disruption issues as a result of the pandemic Correct. and then the yeah. war in Ukraine. So what's your take on this and what's the role of digital and e-commerce when it comes to inventory management? Yeah, so for inventory management, all the things that you just mentioned, it, it has been a couple of hectic years, and I think we are still in these in this period of time. We have a lot of manufacturing companies in our customer base, and when talking to them and talking to them, they all struggle with the same kind of issues that they say, yeah, we do not know actually at some point in time if we had something in stock or when we will get it back, yeah, or that we get our inventory levels where we want to have it, or the price of a product was really differentiating all the time because the production cost, the raw materials, the pricing for that was changing a lot because of the situation we had in the world. And what is so important if you have these kind of changes or you need to adopt your business. So for example, if something is not available in stock because you cannot produce it uh, or there is something else or just a high demand, then you need to make sure how, yeah, how to deal with it. Are you going to prioritize it for a certain customer group? Are you saying, hey, these are customers that need it more than others? Or are you actually showing the real-time values and inform your customers to give that transparency saying, hey, yeah, sorry, it is not available, but it will be there in a month or so. And all that information exchange and that transparency and actually that all contributes to keeping these relationships in, in, in a good shape. Because yeah, if you, first of all, if you need to do that over the phone, you will be burning in, in, in calls and so on. But on the other end, if you do not have accurate numbers, you also will, yeah, once again, people will start ordering and they will get issues because you cannot deliver because you have yeah issues on the production lines or something like that. So we have a lot of companies that have struggled that and with the help of commerce, yeah, at least by giving the transparency, maybe, and the intelligence that is in the platform that you can say, okay, this is not available anymore, but we have an alternative product, which can also help to solve your problem. And these are all things that we are, that we are helping. And yeah, that's helping a lot of manufacturers through these challenging times. And they can, by doing so, they can reduce cost on one hand, they can keep the relationships on the other hand. And they can, some of them even become much better out of this situation because yeah, they took the opportunity to do it in the right way. And that brings up a good point as far as relationships, because if there is a limited number of items and you have to prioritize which customers get those items, it's probably going to be the customers that you like the most and you have the best relationships exactly. with versus the ones that kind of come in and out. So it's yes. such a good reminder that people on both sides of the, there are people on both sides of the equation. And yeah. when we keep those relationships strong, we have a much better chance of getting the products that we need. Yeah, 
Correct. And that's what we have. We are solving that problem with the technology, but it's mostly about the people in that sense. And technology is just supporting that. But yeah, the effects that it has on these companies, both on the B2B buyer side as these manufacturing companies that we are supporting is, is, is amazing. Another pain or another sample that, which is, I think, interesting, Lisa, is, is for example, the complexity that manufacturings are facing to actually become or to go online, right? So the, you mentioned already the lengthy quotation processes, right? That is something we see also a lot, let's say a lot of back and forward, normally over the phone or via email, uh, but that you can solve in a digital way or in a platform like Sana that you can just, you know, with the product selection process that you guide that customer what they need with information or with small wizards or product selection mechanisms. CPQ, we also sometimes call that configure price quote. So that is all something we are doing. And it is, especially with manufacturing in B2B space, sometimes it can be extremely complex. If you just order a new television or a piece of clothing, that's super easy in terms of complexity. But if you're purchasing a new truck or a new machine, which is worth a couple hundred thousands of dollars, you you can imagine that it's not easily transferred to a digital space to to come to that selection process. And then we have all kind of partners we work together with to make that that magic happen that you can say, okay, nicely configure a machine or what spare parts do you need, et cetera, to, uh, yeah, to bring that, let's say, selection process or that lengthy quotation process digital and that the B2B buyer can do that in their own time and their own convenience and much faster than when to wait to on interaction from a, a sales support or something. And But still that sales support or the people is an important factor because they can step in when it's really necessary, when they can add that added value. And you're looking at people that may have a hesitation to go digital because of the complexity of the product that they have, that $100,000 truck or piece of equipment or machine. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the efficiency of it, how do you balance that? What would you suggest when somebody's at that precipice that they don't know, is this something that I should keep doing the old way or do I pay a small price for higher, a lot higher efficiency down the line? Where does that decision come in to, for them to decide? Yeah. And that is one of the hardest struggles or the questions they are asking us a lot or that they are struggling with themselves, right? Doing can we actually have the investments most of the time in B2B e-commerce can be quite severe, right? To solve that complexity and so on. So will you get a return on investment at the end of the line? I would say, obviously, but us looking at the 1,500 customers that we are having, that many of them succeed uh, and can reduce so many costs by chase a, a better opportunity by automating things or by digitizing things. And, and let me give you an example. So we had a, a company in here in Europe that was a, is a supplier of cleaning equipment, chemicals and so on for the, for in the B2B space. So for hotels, restaurants, you need to keep these things clean. And before they didn't have any digital channels. So they were just, they had salespeople on the road every week, every month, just taking in these orders. But on one hand, that was quite time consuming because these people were just driving around all those hotels checking, okay, how much do you need from this? How much do you need from that? And and it was not automated or not digitized at all. Meaning, and actually when, when Corona hit also Europe, they could not even go physically visiting these locations anymore. So they needed to do it in a different way. So what they did is they started with Sana, they digitized everything and that sales, the salespeople 
were not driving in the cars anymore to all those hotels every weekday to get the orders. No, they were just onboarded the customers to say, hey, go place these these repeatable orders or these orders in a day-to-day basis in digital platform or via the mobile app. And when I'm coming by, I will talk about more strategic topics. So explaining new product times, really spending the time of you, enhancing that relationship, right? And guess what? These salespeople have now also more time because they were not taking all this repetitive tasks. They were not spending time on that. They could have these meaningful conversations and they could also go explore new markets or new 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 businesses because they had more time. And that's how you can expand also your business. Yeah, I've heard that a lot because I, I think that what the pandemic taught us is that it a salesperson... It, I think a lot more smaller customers were able to be seen by salespeople who weren't going to jump on a plane and go to some little tiny machine shop or something because yeah. they it wasn't worth their time. But now being able to digitize that, being able to do it online, not only does that give you access to customers that you may not have ever paid any attention to before, but like mm-hmm. you said, now there's more of a strategic opportunity to work with the customers and personalize the attention and actually build stronger relationships by digitizing. Correct. Correct. And and there is always a way, Lisa, this is about, let's say, saving costs or chasing an opportunity by getting the boring stuff out of the way of the sales force and do more valuable work there. But another interesting area is where we see a lot of success with manufacturing companies that are struggling saying, hey, how do we start or the investment is really big. There is always a way to start in a certain area. For example, if the machines itself is still a very lengthy and complex process and anyway is very hard to digitize, then you can also start with the after sales or the spare parts. That can also be a big part of your business that you can, uh, and there's an opportunity there to digitize it as well. So we have many manufacturing companies that are just focusing now in, in the first years or in the first phases on that area so that they say, hey, this whole machine selling, that is still, let's say, more or less a human process, but all the after sales and the spare parts, that is fully digitized. And same values about the relationship is still there because, yeah, the nature of our solution is that sense or the importance there is that all that information on what machines do you have as a customer, you want to know that information so that you you are ordering the correct spare parts. Hey, you're not looking around for hours to make sure that you have the right tools because yeah, you want to get your machines fixed as quickly as possible. Yeah, that is what we solve with our solution with this this integration that we have with systems like SAP or Microsoft Dynamics, because all the logic is most of the time and the data is already there. So we are just bringing that to the surface and helping the B2B buyers there to have this convenient place that they can just with a couple of clicks say, hey, these are my machines. I know this machine is broken. I need a new wheel. Okay. And then I have to correct one, order it, and I will have it as soon as possible delivered to make it fixed. So when you're talking about manufacturers that want to start the process and sell their spare parts online, Where would you suggest that they start? What are some of the things that they need to look at? And if you have any examples of a situation that maybe starting with spare parts led it to that same company to be able to do a lot more digitization by starting small and getting those results. No, exactly. So have for 
most of the manufacturing start indeed with spare parts. So another cleaning, another uh, customer of ours is Diversi, which is also a big supplier of, let's say, cleaning equipment, chemicals for hospitals, schools, etc., etc. A huge company. They do a couple of billion a year, also in the U.S., and there we started with all these consumable, not only spare parts, but also the, uh, just the, the chemicals to, to use in the, in the machines, because they also have, they sell in these cleaning machines and so on. And that is step one. And later on, that uh, it went from region to region. So they started first with one, a couple of countries in, in, in Europe. And they have, so from one store, it went to another store, into another store. And now we are also talking about, hey, now we have this, all these consumable products for, for a lot of different regions. What if we're also going to digitize the, the sales process, for example, of the machines itself? And we have, once again, we have CPQ tooling that you can do that selection process also for more complicated stuff like a machine and that you have all those questions and all those selections that you need to do. And that is the next step to take. Another example I have maybe, which is interesting for you to share is where we had a company which is called Finger in, and that is a global player in the world that is doing, yeah, it's a supplier of, let's say, lifting equipment. Every truck needs a lift most of the time or a crane. Yeah, nine out of time, 10 times it's from Paul Finger. It's, it's an Austrian company, but it's a world player there. And yeah, we are starting also here with the, uh, with the, uh, with the spare parts. So yeah, such a machine breaks down, you need to find a replacement. But now with the first stores live, uh, we know also that, yeah, there are also new opportunities to take from there that you can say, hey, let's peel off that onion, make it more and more complex or solve the complex things in a later in the process. Because yeah, it is. You need to start somewhere, but if you start with spare parts as a manufacturing company, you already have from day one, a, I would say, a profitable case and a business case. And from there on, you can evolve. And that is, that is super, super important. And sometimes, Lisa, it's also, it is not completely possible. Sometimes such things so bespoke or so then, but then there are still that you still ways that you can say, hey, okay, parts of the process we will digitize. You understand what I'm saying? There are always opportunities. Right. And it sounds like it's some of these complex or high touch products that can't be sold online. When that is the situation, how would a manufacturer tackle it? And again, do you have any examples of yeah. how you've worked with companies to do that? Yeah. If you have also a customer that is, that is not, it's in the near future, let's say it's possible to digitize because it's all bespoke work in in what they're selling right everything is tailored made and it, it's really a complex process but what they do is they also use sana or actually an e-commerce platform for all the side things i always say so product information and regulation and all that, more like content is being shared there but also all the invoicing and the order history, that whole transaction overview, just a 360 degree of your more as a customer portal. That's also super important, right? That's also part of the relationship that you can digitize. Paying online or paying invoices online in a convenient way to use online payment methods, for example, or just having the overview, doing returns or, or doing uh, filing issues and so on, service requests. These are all other areas that you can also think about as a manufacturing company to, to digitize in, in, let's say, the under the umbrella of e-commerce or digital commerce, right? So it doesn't have to be always that order intake that everybody is focusing on it or the transaction. It can be so much more. 
And if when you work, when you start to work with a new customer, Mm -hmm. what does the process look like? How would they know that they that they needed to talk to you? And then what is your process for taking them through to determine if it's a good match or not? Yeah, no, great question. So yeah, most customers that are manufacturing the companies that arrive at our desk are actually still in the phase that they want to start with B2B e-commerce. So they do not have something in place yet. So they want to digitize because, or they see competition around them starting with it and they say, hey, we need to come up with them. Or, and I always get one a lot, is that customers are saying, hey, we have a need to interact with you maybe outside office hours or how can we reach you digitally or how can we do business with you in a digital way that's always nice if that comes from customer from the customers as a feedback or they or they have already an existing e-commerce solution but they are struggling with the adoption for example or they are yeah have a bad promoter score or something like an mps or they have just it doesn't run and yeah, what we always do is we start with uh, with an analysis phase and uh, and also asking them, okay, what are your goals? And we have something in place which is called the Sana Success Track, which is five different areas of goals you can achieve on Hyla. Do you want to work on your brand image, or do you want to uh, increase your, or do you want to get a, do you want to reduce cost, or do you want to grow your business? And based on that, we will start talking, okay, what is most important for you? And that SANA success track is also connected into, let's say, programs or features that we can do together with a customer and our teams, our consultants, our customer success managers that are dedicated to these customers. They, they will then work together. Okay, let's start with SANA. This is the main goal that we want to achieve. This is how we build the business case. And this is, these are the goals that we set in year one, year two, year three, et cetera. And we evolve with you, right? It's uh, most of the customers are with us many years. Some even eight or nine or 10 years are still with us. And we're still growing with them, right? Year over year in terms of revenue. But that's uh, the transaction is not always everything. It can also be that we can just help their customers much better, that we see less support requests, that we see more automation in the invoices that are being paid, less manual work there. So there are so many things that we can take, but it's always the good thing to focus on, hey, what's the most important one and and start doing a project there. And from there, it evolves and it grows. So you can start with one region, for example, then take another four in the next year, take another eight in the year after. Same story about brands. Some companies have multiple brands and we start first with one brand, for example. So we always slice for you they always say yeah you need to slice the elephant in smaller pieces and start and step by step otherwise it's also too big and too complex and maybe to one thing to add lisa is the other way around so how things go go bad or how we see implementations fail is often when not all disciplines within a company are involved in Mm. if they are going if they have a need or a wish to go digital because uh, if it's only led by IT or if it's only led by sales or it's only led by marketing, nine out of 10 times you will not succeed. I think it always requires a multidisciplinary team and have a vision. And I always say, yeah, digital commerce is actually the, is the future it's, or you already need to adopt it or you are already in it and it will become the commerce channel if you want or not. Yeah? We, for some customers, we are not even talking about digital commerce anymore, but just commerce because the majority of their business is being done online and not offline anymore. I think that's important if you start there as a manufacturing that you 
form a multidisciplinary team, set some goals, and we are happy to help or to guide that. Okay. Awesome. If somebody did want to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so obviously you can go to sanacommerce.com if you want to know more, but I'm also available on LinkedIn. Just search on Arno Ham. There is just a few, but most of the time I'm on top. I also have the podcast about B2B e-commerce and B2B e-commerce integrated, where we talk a lot about yeah, with manufacturing companies, with customers, with also wholesalers and distributing companies. We also support these kind of industries. And we're just talking about all the challenges that there are to bring yeah, your commerce online. Uh, in the complex world of B2B. And uh, yeah, lessons are shared there, lessons that we learned, great customer stories and practical tips how to get started or how to get more out of your B2B e-commerce store. And what's your podcast's name? B2B e-commerce integrated. So it's available on all channels, on Spotify, Apple Music, and, and YouTube as well. All right, awesome. Arno, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you. Have a great day. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.